Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Medium Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my podcast where we discuss everything from love, loss, life and the afterlife. Today, as promised, I will be discussing my adventures when I went into the television show called The One. Now, for those of you who live in different countries, this was very similar to the America's Psychic Challenge, who I believe that Michelle White Dove won that competition. But in Australia, we called it The One. Search for Australia's Most Gifted Psychic. Now, that came about in 2008, and I vividly recollect talking to my now husband back then and saying, they'll never have a show like America's Psychic Challenge in Australia, but lo and behold, next minute, uh, I have an email in my, in my, in my um, mail and they are asking me if I would like to um, – it, it, it was a group called um, Cast of Thousands and they had emailed me because they'd heard about my reputation. At that time, I had already run Australian Psychic of the Year and I went on to win Queensland Psychic of the Year as well. But – so they contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be involved in this show. So I said, well, why not? And as soon as I pressed that button, I really – told myself, you're going to win this because you're going in to win. You're not going in to do anything. You were going in to prove that psych- psychics actually are legit. And that was my whole goal about this. Now, from what I believe, thousands or hundreds or thousands of psychics around the country actually entered. Um, it was really a weird thing because um, you know how singers – get upset about people who go on to American Idol or Australian Idol. Well, it was the same type of attitude in the uh, psychic community that if you went on to, um, you know, the, the one, then you were basically selling out. That was a bit of an opinion in the psychic community at the time. And I really didn't care about that because I have never really mixed with others in the psychic community except for one person, and that would be Ezio Dianglis, who also came onto the show with me. But he really is the only person that I um, resonate with in this country um, in the psychic industry. As any industries go, there is a lot of bitchiness and that type of stuff in the industry. So I'm just going to leave it there and I'm not going to say another word about that. Maybe later on in other podcasts. But for now, I'll leave it there. There's a lot of um, – unfortunately, there is a lot of ego and a bit of jealousy and stuff within the industry. So anyway – I decided to go on the one and my first audition, I was actually in Rockhampton when the first audition came. So I had to fly down in a very early morning flight because I had a show the following evening. So, and I had to travel from Rockhampton to Mackay. For those of you who don't know, that's a four hour journey by um, car, which is how I used to drive around the country. Anyhow, so I drove down, my, my boyfriend, now husband, Patrick, he picked me up. And we went in there. I was the first one up um, and there was just this bunch of producers in the room. There were some other psychics who I – one I knew, some I didn't, who were lining up to have their turn. But I was first because of my circumstance of having to fly back and go back on tour. Anyhow, um, I remember that audition. It was crazy good. I, I really did have a great time in that first audition. And I do remember looking at the producers and they're just looking at each other and they're looking at me and they're looking at each other. And they basically said, we'll be in touch. But I knew they would. 
So, of course, they were in touch and apparently I had made the top 14. Um, so we all went down to Sydney to Fox Studios in Sydney and there the competition to get to the top seven um, was, was type of played out. And um, I remember being very surprised about who they had picked in the top 14. Some of them I knew, some I didn't even realise were psychic, which was weird. Um, anyhow, we had to do a series of competitions. And, um, and I remember, it was just little challenges we had to do personally. And I remember there was one challenge and we were all sitting around, the whole 14 of us, and the producers were in the middle. And they said, right, who wants to read someone? And I said, I do, because I'm really forward like that. And I hyper honed in on one of the producers. I was able to tell him the brand of his motorbike. I was able to tell him things about his family, things about his spirit. And he was just going, whoa. So that was, um, that was possibly what got me on to the one was that particular reading, in all honesty. We had to do other challenges that day, which were not in line with my type of work because some of the um, challenges, you know, it's like finding things. So we'll, we'll, I'll keep going. Okay, so I ended up making the top seven and I remember where I made the top seven actually. I remember when I heard the news, I was doing a radio show in Tari at the time when I actually found out that I had made the top seven. So I was highly excited. Um, I finished all my work, I cancelled all my shows and I moved to Sydney for the duration of the program, which was about six weeks. The reason I moved to Sydney because I don't do well I really wanted to get my teeth in there and I didn't want to have to keep flying backwards and forwards um, to Brisbane because I really wanted my space to be my space. I have this, this weird thing about having my space before any psychic work. When I travel, my space is in the motel room or at one time the bus when we travelled around the bus for uh, five years. But So I decided to stay down there. Most of the other um, psychics opted to fly back home each weekend, but I didn't see the sense in that, so I stayed there. And boy, I did some of my best work. <laughs> no, not some of my best. I've done lots of good work, I suppose, but it was really challenging. Now, what was really funny, and I want to add this in, because we knew we had a bit of an idea of some of the challenges that we would have to partake in. And one of the challenges that we knew we had to partake in was finding someone in the bush, okay? or the forest or the woods, <coughs> depending where you live. Anyhow, so I took my now husband, Patrick. I said, come on, Patrick, we're going to go up to um, Ipswich and I know a place where there's bush. Now you're going to hide and I'm going to find you just by listening to the universe, okay? And because I had started to notice patterns in the universe, so I, I, I do read nature as well. So I know that sounds weird, but I do read nature. Anyhow... <clears throat> unbeknownst to me, that where we went was the actual local meeting place for the gay men community. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was the gay men community. Anyhow, so <laughs> I'm off looking for my husband. My husband's hiding now. At that time, um, he wasn't my husband, my boyfriend, sorry. At that time, Patrick was still a cigarette smoker. And so he thought, well, she's out there running around looking for me, so I'm just going to have a quick cigarette. So he went to this little type of like a uh, you know, shady area that they had there and he, uh, it was a fellow there having a cigarette and he said, do you have a light? He did not realise that that was type of like a pickup line at that time at that particular place. And um, 
And apparently this guy started getting real friendly with him and just at the right moment, Charmaine comes around the corner and says, I found you, I found you. Because I had, I had really searched for this guy because it was a pretty intense little bush thing. But anyway, I just thought that was really funny. I thought I'd tell you that my husband got picked up when we were doing some practice for my... Um, <laughs> For my competition because I did practice. I don't know what the others did, but I practiced. I practiced with so many things. I'd get my, uh, I'd get Patrick to put things in the envelope and he, I would tell him what was in the envelope. I was getting really good at this type of stuff. So we went, I went down to the one. The first competition we had was we had to find a, inverted commas, bomb um, that was located in a container in at, at, at um Patrick's Wharf in Sydney. Now, man, the night before that actual um, that actual um, test, what's it called? Challenge. The night before that actual challenge, what I had to do, what what I did was I meditated, and I meditated all night. And in my vision, I could see a, con- a configuration of um, containers. And in my, in my vision, I could see that all the containers were blue and they were basically going around in a U-shape in the particular section I was meant to be in. I also got some numbers that were on the actual containers. So I basically did one walk around. I knew exactly where I was going. The producers slowed me down because they wanted television. It took me exactly seven minutes to get to that container and find the correct container. Okay, now I was going to leave that with you for a second. So I was very excited because someone else had got it in 14 minutes and 30 seconds, but I got it in the seven seconds. We had 15 minutes to find it. So only two of us got through. Anyhow, at that particular time, now the idea of this show was that they would have a sceptic judge and a psychic judge. At the time of that competition, the sceptic judge... um, Richard Saunders was not there. So he insisted that I had somehow cheated or uh, unbelievably mind read the producers, which in my opinion, even if I did mind read the producers, that's bloody psychic, isn't it? Just saying. Anyhow, so he insisted that we do that challenge again. And you can imagine how angry I was. I'm a passionate person, I'm half Italian, half German. You can imagine how angry I was. <laughs> um, so I was really, really bummed out. Um, I decided I was going to leave the competition. My Patrick, he talked me into staying. We redid the competition and I was not successful because I approached it with anger. Anytime you do psychic work, you must not ever approach it with anger. And that was a hard lesson for me that day. Nobody found the container on the second, the second go around. However... Again, I was looking um, pretty much in the same spot, except in my meditation that time, what I saw was four, was three brown containers. But what I saw was, I thought I saw it had the three, that like the U-shaped again. I was just one container away. Um, but what I saw in my vision was there was a crane, but I didn't realise that the crane was completely uncovered and not half covered by a container. So, you know, so it didn't work that time, so I was a bit upset. Anyhow, and then we had to go on to our next thing, which was giving some jewellery back to the audience. Gosh, I loved, I loved this one so much. I absolutely loved this. Um, what we had to do, there was um, 
I believe that there were 21 pieces of jewellery were given. There were seven of us psychics, so we could pick one piece of jewellery and the idea was to return it to the person in the audience that it belonged to. We had exactly five minutes to find that person and I have to tell you, I went, it was, it was, like, the, it was like the ring. I was holding a, um, a, a ring, a red, a red stone ruby ring and I was holding this ruby ring and it was like it led me to where I had to go and I stood in front of these people and there was two women that had my eye. One had black, black hair and one had blonde hair. One was dressed in red one was dressed in black. And for some reason, the woman who was in red, who was in the front row, her spirits were coming at me. Bang, 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 bang. And right before I was to finish, I knew my time was going. I heard my God say, you were at the wrong person. I looked up and they put a shiny light around the woman with the black hair and the black dress. And they said her. And I just looked straight at her and I said, you had a birthday party recently and you had ice cream or ice cream peak. And they went, and then next thing you know... It was over and all you hear is this big buzz that it's over. Anyhow, sorry for going off like that. Um, so anyway, so I was actually able to successfully give the ring back. The lady with the black hair had the ring. Yes, indeed, she had been to a birthday party. Yes, indeed, she had um, eaten ice cream cake at that birthday party. And the woman below had confirmed that every single thing that I had said was correct names and all for her reading. And I gave back that ring and I have to tell you, I was I was pretty bloody impressed with myself to be quite frank with you. Um, being on the one really did help me um, hone my psychic gifts in a different way. We had to like find, find a little boy in the bush. I was so close to him. I was like about three feet from the guy. Um, we had to do, um, we had to go up to the Northern Territory and see if we could locate Peter Falconio's bones. I hated that, guys. I am, a, I am a true medium and I was really offended at that case. I have to be honest with you because I felt that if they really wanted to locate where Peter Falconio may be buried, that perhaps we should have like, like talked to his parents, number one, to get permission, and number two, because if, if he's going to give any information, it's going to be to his parents. And I have to say to this day that for some reason people are more impressed with that the only thing that I hated doing, I felt it was disrespectful. What they actually said to us, they gave us a helicopter and they said, you've got 20 minutes to, to find Peter Falconio's bones. Now, for those of you who don't know about Peter Falconio, he went, I can't remember how many years ago it was now, but him and his um, girlfriend were, uh, she survived and apparently he was abducted by this killer. Um, she survived and managed to get back to town, but... He was never, ever found. His bones were never found. It was a really intense case in Australia at the time and excuse me for not knowing the dates and everything, but it's easy to look up Peter Falconio. Um, and, 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 I, and I am a medium and I am also a bereaved parent and I actually did approach the producers beforehand and say, is there any way we can get access to the parents either by phone call or whatever because that's going to really make us, you know, that will be more effective. But no. They gave us a helicopter and a shovel and said, you got 20 minutes to find him. I was really appalled. And besides that, I don't like helicopters. I, I found out after that they make me really, really sick. But, and you know, and after it, and so it, all of these, all of these um, events went, um, all of these um, challenges we had to do. 
that was the one I hated the most. But as it turned out, um, it was a voting show. And for the first two, three people, they were type of voted off by the judges. And then after that, it, uh, when it got to the top three, I think it was, it came up to the, um, the public to vote. And I was voted the one, Australia's most gifted psychic, on August the 5th in 2008. And I was so chuffed. It was really such a great honour. And I had done very well in that competition. Now, for those of you wondering if you can get footage of that, just go to YouTube and Google the one 2008. Don't, the 2011 one is nothing to do with me. Do not confuse me with the 2011 show, please. I tr truly personally believe that the 2008 show was the better version of the one. And I think it was down to the producers, the two Davids. I think they did a marvellous job because they listened to the psychics and they let us um, display our personal gifts after that as well. Whereas I did notice in 2011 that they basically just did a whole series of challenges like pick the hammer that hit that, that broke the windscreen, all silly things like that, that really have nothing to do with what we do as mediums and psychics really nothing to do with it so I really preferred the 2008 challenge I felt very honoured to be voted the one um, and I felt very um, chuffed that Australia thought that I was um, that I was the one now what did I get <laughs> a lot of people seem to think that I won a truckload of money after the one no and I've got I've, I've got to share this with you because I, I was like like every other show American Idol Australian Idol all of the shows, all the competitions they have, they have a $200,000 prize money, right? Well, what they told us was because psychics shouldn't profit from their gift. Whoops, what? So there was no prize money, guys. There wasn't a red penny. The only thing that I got um, from being on that show was accommodation while I was on the show. I received a wage while I was on the show and I received a meal allowance while I was on the show and my prize, there was no flowers. Mm -mm. They didn't buy me no flowers. There was no flowers. <laughs> there was just a vase. And I tell you what, that vase is a heavy sucker and on the front of it, it has the one Australia's most gifted psych. That's all it's got on there and that's what I got. But the vase, it must weigh about probably four kilos, which is about eight pound. I did decide that, you know, it could be a wonderful weapon or something. I didn't know. <laughs> but that's what I got, guys. So for all of you in Australia who thought I got some type of fantastic prize, no, I did not. But what the one did give me was exposure. And I am very thankful for that. Um, and it coincided with social media. So it was really a big, in fact, the one came right before Facebook got big and um, at the time I think that we still had, um, I can't even remember what we had, but we didn't have Facebook. But yeah, at the time it really did accelerate me to different levels. I got a lot of interest in the press at that time. I did a lot of interviews. It was a really exciting, busy, crazy time in my life. Um, it was, you know, going out in public was 
really weird because 1.6 million people around Australia had watched that program um, and I was getting recognised everywhere, which was weird as hell. But anyway, so I, I, I just want to go back a little bit and um, and I just want to talk about this industry just for a second and I, I'm going to talk about it because I think it needs to be. At the time in our industry, we had um, some several um, psychic magazines and um, and this is how bitchy the industry was in Australia at that time and why I have always travelled solo was at the time the major, there was a major magazine, a spiritual magazine, which I won't mention, but um, they actually contacted me and told me that they didn't think I was going to win and therefore they were going to put their pick of winner on their front page, which was another woman. She came third, I believe, and they never even mentioned my name in the magazine. And I want to tell you, this is one of the biggest events and Australian psychic industry since it began and they decided not to put me on the cover or even interview me, okay? So that, that's what I mean when I say, yeah, this industry in this, this country, I, I don't get close to anyone, guys, and I, I don't make apologies for that. Anyway, I didn't want to leave it on that note, but I just want to leave it on this note. I really did enjoy my time on the one. I thought it was fantastic. I enjoyed getting judged up and, you know, with all the makeup. I loved all that type of stuff. I loved working with the people who were on the set. I particularly enjoyed working with um, Ezio DeAngelis on that show. Um, for those of you who live in Australia, um, he is a marvellous medium, Ezio DeAngelis. And he came runner-up on that show. Him and I are really good mates. Um, I enjoyed working with him. I enjoyed working with all of the crew. It was a really good time. And I personally had a blast. I also got to see Central Australia when we went up to Tennant Creek um, in the Northern Territory, which I'd never been there before. So the opportunities were fantastic. I got my name out. This is why you guys all know who I am now. And so, yeah, I'm very thankful. Um, would have been nice to have the prize money just quietly, but no, not to worry. The vase is lovely. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm going to leave you with this. Um, I'm working over the next two days doing readings, so I probably um, won't have a lot of time to do a couple uh, uploads. But I will be back Sunday, guys. So you have a great week. Whatever you're doing, do it with love and kindness and you just can't go wrong, can you? You stay happy and I'll stay happy and we'll meet again. She talks to angles. Oops, angels. <laughs> You'll come back now. <laughs>